little touch pass there. Benson waiting, cuts in, he scores! Oh my! Into the middle, holding, back, Toporowski shooting, shot block, got it back, shot, score! Center of pass forward, of stop, shot, back to play, score! In front, Groove scores! Jaden Groove scores the triple overtime winner. Pleased to be joined by the longtime radio voice of the Tri-City Americans, Craig West, and also my uh, co-host, and Sean Mullen and, and Swift Current. How's, uh, how's the high desert treating you there, Craig? Hey, it's great. It's uh, the weather has stayed very nice, and we're still. I think today we were upper fifties today, so it hasn't hasn't gone downhill yet. But I'm sure it's coming our way. I, I looked at the long range forecast, and they think maybe January and February will be where we get hit hit the most. So, but uh, glad out in the prairies, the farmers, it's good for them, and get a little snow covering. So glad for the farmers in Saskatchewan. They got they got some snow. Are you looking forward to it? It's the first time you guys are heading uh, heading east. 2018 was the last time we've been out that way. It's hard very, to believe. Yeah, exactly. It's very strange for someone who's been at it. The the amount of time you have to have not been out to Saskatchewan or just out east at all since 2018. Yeah, yeah. Yusuf Alamaki was playing, and uh, I'm watching him on TV right now playing for Arizona. You know. Morgan Geeky was starred in Brandon and uh, got the first star, and you could hear his family yelling out at Kelly McCrimmon's box. <laughs> you know, and he'll be playing on TV in a half an hour with uh, with the Kraken. So, I mean, I could go on and on. Michael yeah. Rasmussen was playing tonight for, uh, and Jake Bean, of course, is playing right now for Columbus on the other side. So, just funny. You know, it'd be, that's how long it's been, just to name you a few. You haven't been to, uh, Winnipeg yet? Have you? I have never been to Winnipeg in my life. Have I missed anything? I'm I'm, I'm gonna bite my tongue on that one. Probably well, they, some good Ukrainian food, I'm sure. So I guess I look forward to that. What, what was the thing about they don't have any parks or whatever? But I, I haven't been out to where I haven't been out to where they have the rink there. To be honest with you, I, I've been downtown. I've seen downtown Winnipeg, which is okay. Um, I mean, it's a city, but I haven't been out to that facility, and I'm still kind of uh, perplexed as to how it's a Western Hockey League facility going forward, but nevertheless, I'm sure it'll be good for the players. I mean, there, there's not a player on your team, I, I imagine, Craig, that's that's been on a trip like this yet. Well, I would imagine one guy that's going to look forward to it and just going home is uh, going to be Belton. You know, he's a Manitopa kid in Winnipeg. So for him, it's a home game. He'll be excited about that. And this is final year. So I would say that uh, Reese would be probably the most thrilled. Well, there's a, you know, proud tradition of 
Winnipeggers on on the AMs back to you know it wasn't uh, Huseman and Shinneman both from from Winnipeg? we had thirteen yeah we had thirteen at one point we were Winnipeg West thirteen players and it was amazingly good to us they were amazingly good but I'm sure we'll see some of the kids okay I would imagine Yui will come out there and uh, you know he'd be one he's in the printing business now after playing over in Europe and. Uh, took over his late father's business so he's doing quite well so hopefully we'll see him out there on the trail so you this uh you guys had a pretty good last couple of games here pretty pretty exciting weekend you i uh i i, I commented on twitter that you know they were wearing you out with all those goal calls over the weekend i mean how's <laughs> how's it been going for the, the ams there of late I was uh, excited to be able to have that. And, you know, you can beat two really good teams like that. I think a good example was the attendance. And we sold, had a great walk-up, one of our best walk-ups in a few years for Saturday night. And I think that was contingent. You know, walk-up is always due to performance, you know. And, you know, it's an emotional buy. And the emotion most certainly was strong after beating Everett the night before six to three. And I think some of those people came back. So I know I talked to uh, a potential sponsor that I think we're, we're going to sign that uh, was in attendance and talked to today and fingers crossed that they were excited by what they saw and they want to be a part of the team. So, you know, there's, there's, advantages to winning there's advantages to putting on a good show and and i you know and i don't mean to be derisive or anything like that but it's the first time i ever remember in that building in the last 90 seconds where it sounded like a college game and they were chanting to portland overrated and it was <laughs> like uh, okay <laughs> you know, it, was, it was like uh, all right you guys know what this, you know exactly where, where they are in the rankings and, you know, that's, that's good. You know, I, I have no complaint with that, but it's very college. It is, it is that time of year, you know, especially in, in this part of the country that, uh, you know, we are, we, we definitely college football on the mind. And so, yeah, you can, you can, uh, tie that over with a big, you know, I, I, I guess I'm, I'm gonna, I'm going to look at it like it's an upset, but, uh, you know, that, that that gets everybody excited. You know, I was talking with Brian Pellerin before the game. We worked together for years, of course, with the Americans. And uh, Pelly still lives in the Tri-City. His wife's still here. She does real estate. Son's playing hockey. And, you know, so it was a chance for him to come home. And he just said, you know what? He said, i got to be honest. It's been, look at our schedule. We had no games. You know, it's like the football game of the week schedule. And that, that happens, especially in the States. Uh, you're taking on. Canadians don't understand that in that, uh, you know, we've got Thursday and Friday nights, we've got high school football games going on. And, you know, you have those games, but they're not at the magnitude. And it's not disrespect. I mean, it's just, it's a big difference. You know, we've got that going on. You'll have several thousand at several different games. That was one of the reasons the Americans came here is Ron Dixon. There were three football games he went to on a Friday, and there were 25,000 people at games. And the market had 130,000 people in it in 1987, and it told him, I'm bringing the team. 
I'm going to find a way to build this building and, you know, the rest is history. But that high school support, he saw that. And I do, uh, I had three Fridays that I was free and I do a little TV for SWX where I'll do some high school football and I like to stay in that. I, I love high school sports. I love the enthusiasm that comes with it. I got to do two homecoming games this year. That was great. I mean, I, I loved doing it just to get the feel of uh, the local schools. It's That's how I started, and it's still fun for me. So, Craig, when you look at you talk about those those games, now three wins in a row. Just before that, the team had, hadn't played a lot. You're, you're right, but it had lost four or five, had a lopsided loss to Medicine Hat, a lopsided loss to Kamloops on home ice. What, what major changes did you see? In well, the I... I did, that's a great, great question. I don't know. I think uh, after opening night, it was an easy win against Edmonton, and they're struggling, and they're young. And I think the guys probably thought it was going to be easy, and then Medicine Act comes in, they run a roll, and blows out 11-3. to And then Kamloops comes in and wins 7-1. to You start to question yourself. The good news is the team had a week to work on it, and the coaches went to work and the one thing and Stu Barnes always credits uh, Jody Hall coming in. Of course, he's been a head coach to him or teammates four years with the Florida Panthers. They're good friends. And uh, TJ Miller coming in who did the development for Toronto last year and being able to come in and have these guys, Jody's he's credited with the power play and our power play, which was dead last is number one in the league right now. So it's it's clicking, and that was our bread and butter in the two wins over the weekend. And you get that man advantage, you make it work. And you know, Stu has been very willing to share that with Jody, and we've talked about it quite a bit. Well, you, you're mentioning you know a head coach at the OHL level in Peterborough. He's coached Canada at the U18 tournament, the Ivan Holinka. Uh, the U18, the U17. So that's a, a very highly decorated associate coach that you bring in. And does he get a, quite a lot of responsibility as a result of that? That convinced him to make the move? Yeah, it gives, you know, it gives you somebody to lean on with a different look. How do you see it? What do you do? You know, and Stu's not a guy that's afraid to, to say, you know, to me, what did you see? What did you think? You know, you know, Don Nakbar was like that. Jim Hiller was like that. You know, uh, I, most of the guys I've worked with have been that way. Mike Babcock had asked that, you know, be, what, what did you see? What did you think? And, you know, that's, that's always meant a lot to be able and, you know, sometimes I'll, uh, have some really good things to say and sometimes I'll, uh, point it out and we'll usually be in agreement, you know, nine times out of 10, we'll be in agreement. Yeah. That was a problem tonight. So. But at the same time, I realize they're kids, and I, I think I don't like to beat them up. And, you know, I, it's been a long time since I've been a kid, but I haven't forgotten because I I raised, uh, I had two of my own and six stepkids. So I think I have a pretty good idea of how kids work. And I try and treat them no different than I would have, would treat my own. You mentioned, you know, Jody Hole, but 
you know, I think the the real story is is Stu and how how he's settling in. How 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 uh how long has that experiment been going on? Is what three years? Well, Stu came in last year, and you know, I think it was a learning experience for everybody. And you know, it's the first time he really had to run a bench, and you know, it probably really helps having somebody with vast experience. And you know, Stu had been an assistant coach six years at the NHL level, but a little bit different. You know, your responsibilities are different and now you're running everything. And he's he's such a good guy and he's so involved. I mean, you're talking with one of the owners too. So he understands the business the business end. He's he loves everybody with the business. He has a great mind for what the business is and cares about the people that are around him. You know, and that that means an awful lot. Anytime you can do that and have that going for you, I think it's special. So he's the one thing that he really, where he would be the key face-offs and back, uh, you know, when you get waved out and, you know, the next guy coming in and you needed two guys that were good face-off guys in latent situations. Stu was always on the guy, uh, the guy on the ice for Dallas. You know, he was always out there from Tippett. And the two of them, obviously had great connection and uh, you could see the way he used him. And I know I said to his brother-in-law here that owns a glass company, I said years ago, I said, your brother is going to be a coach. And I said, you think so? I said, yeah. I said, with the way that Dave Tippett uses him, I, he's going to be a coach. Well, I guess I was right on that. <laughs> That's exactly what Stu became. So, but he's coming into his own. He's a very humble person. Uh, there's never any bragging and it's just go to work and they, they work extremely hard. It's an honor to work with these guys. Is, is there, uh, a certain level of connection and understanding that automatically comes to from how long and how well he and Bob Torrey have worked together? I mean, they're, they're partners in the ownership of the team. They've worked together for years. Well, I, I you know, and he's understood too. I mean, Back in 2017, 2018, and uh, the team went for it and came very close. You know, spent some assets to get Jake B and make other deals. And, you know, along the line, when you do do that, and then you end up with a couple of guys going to the NHL before you expected they were going to go to the NHL, it changes your team, it changes your roster, changes your draft picks, and uh, takes a while to rebuild that. And I think Bob. You know, I've worked with Bob and I've known Bob really for 33 years and I consider him a very close friend that uh, he takes it very personally. He works extremely hard and I'm not sure, you know, I don't, I'm not sure how much he's home. I mean, he's always traveling. He's going to be uh, looking. He'll be in Langley, obviously, with the uh, U-17 uh, looking at the teams, looking at the heroes. I mean, he's he's going to be going everywhere, trying to look for the future, not just today, and then how he can help the team. So just even small deals like Camasola, he was able to make that deal before we head out and give us another experienced defenseman for Vancouver. And uh, he and Seraglio are uh, cousins, second cousins. You know, and Bob, I'm sure Bob knew that. So he's going to be instant in that locker room, and he's going to give us a little more toughness, I guess, a little more of that uh, grit, 
I don't think we can call it toughness anymore. It's more grit and sandpaper. And uh doesn't hurt in a, having another one of those guys. And we've got an awfully young defense that it buys them some security by bringing Camazola in. But going back to with Stu and Bob, you know, obviously they've been partners since, you know, going back to 2005 when they took over the club. So they've been active in uh, the year-end business meetings that uh, Ole, Stu, Bob, Dennis, I mean, very active with us in, uh, in May and, you know, some of the things that we implemented, some of the things that we kept. And, you know, we're sticking to the program, no different than the players, and I think we're all coming together. We're doing some good things together. And that has to be, you know, valuable with a guy like Stu, just, you know, in the being an alumni, you know, with, all, you know, I, I think what pretty much all the ownership group played there, right? Yeah. Uh, no question about it. Ole and Stu both have banners well before they ever looked at it, uh, buying the club. And then eventually the opportunity came and uh, they made it happen. So they saved the franchise, and then now you look at it, and they, uh, I don't know if you've seen the pictures of our building or video, but the uh, $4 million plus renovation done in the building, all new seats. Of course, three years ago, the HD scoreboards that went in. The whole game experience is different, and everybody's raving about it in town. Uh, it's really nice, you know, and it's going to be a nice bridge eventually to a new facility or a tremendous upgrade but uh all new mondo downstairs there'll be more work that'll be done in the off season to come in i believe there's going to be new boards i think the locker rooms will get a uh, christening but there's still more things to be done but this had to be done first for the fans and good portion of the seats are padded and they're bigger uh, it was the strangest building too dixon put seats and wherever he could put his a seat into a hole he put it in <laughs> and seats were 17 18 19 and 20 inches and then portables at 21 and all these are standard at 22 inches so it's obviously a unique build to put butts in the seats it's <laughs> some very uncomfortable I, I i don't think i'd enjoy setting in a 17 for very long well, but the 22, you got plenty of room, and then you got cup holders for everything. And, uh, you know, all the comforts of home. It's fantastic. And we have seen, I mean, unfortunately, some of these new buildings, while they have all the state-of-the-art facilities as a part of them, it does take away a little bit of the atmosphere. So while you've been able to make some significant renovations, you don't lose atmosphere at all by keeping the same facility, keeping the same acoustics and the same intimacy that's there. Well, if you have 3,000 people and you, you've been in it, you know exactly what it is. You get 3,000 people in there and it sounds like 10,000 because Absolutely. it's a ro low roof. The beams are at 42 feet, the roof at 62 feet. You got a train horn for BNSF that is loud. And then the fans just get into it. They just, there's only 19 rows in the entire building. So when somebody says, well, I don't want to sit in the boonies, I said, well, you'd have to be outside. I mean, there's only there's only 19 rows. This isn't a staple center with 60 rows, you know. So we, we've got plenty. <laughs> you got plenty of action right on top of you, and you might get hit with a puck in the 19th row. 
So, well, and I, even where my broadcast area is, I'm what 11, 12 rows off the ice. I love where, where I sit because I feel like I'm part of the game. Yeah. And you know, you give that, that fan base, something to, something to cheer about and they're, and they're really going to go nuts. I remember being out there in the, the, the 2012 playoffs, the, in the West finals and, and, uh, there was there was all kinds of goals and, and and things to get excited about with that that AMS club of of that year. Well, people love goals, you know. And when uh, well, the league likes to do, hey, we are the Burger Edge goal, and they like to put up highlights of that with the Burger Edge. And when you get five goals, you go to Burger Edge in downtown Kennewick. And you know, back in the in the days you were talking about, I think the most that uh, Daryl had in downtown Kennewick, right? And it's a great location right across from Lampson Stadium at uh, where they play football, and it holds about 10,000. It's right at, across the street from Kennewick High School. And uh, I think the most we did, I was talking with somebody that's interesting. I was talking with a client today, and he remembered how many we had. It was like, I think it was 18 of the 36 games we had were you know, of course, we're down to 34 now, but uh, 18 of the 36 games, we had Burger Ranch games. And we've had three of the first five where it's been five or more. And, of course, when you do that, you're going to win. And we won. So, you, know, you score goals, the fans love it. They, uh, they just love it. Well, one guy who's going to make that, that uh, happen more and more often for the Americans and has already been doing it as a rookie, uh, is Jordan Gavin. And what a start to his career. Already 12 points in 10 games. He was absolutely electric in you know, U17 last year, led his league in scoring as a young guy. And he's not even draft eligible until 2025. So how exciting. He's not, even, he's not even 16. Yeah. He will be on the 13th of November. So he's still a 15 year old and he weighs 145 pounds. So he, there's a lot of growing. I mean, I look at his dad, he's going to grow, you know, he's, he's definitely going to grow, but did you see the play that he did that helped in that Portland game in the first 50 seconds? So there's a 15 year old kid turning 16, makes a play on a drafted defenseman by Pittsburgh McCleary strips him of the puck. Not only is he is the last guy strip him of the puck, we're on a change, and he sees Greenway. He waits for Greenway to streak up the slot, hits him with the pass, tape to tape, perfect one timer, and it's one nothing. Fifty seconds in the game. That's a veteran play. And I, I don't know if you had a chance to see that. You might want to go to our website if you haven't and, and take a look at it. And I made note of it. I mean, just a staggering play. And. His hockey sense is off the charts to be able to make that kind of play. There's no question about it. That's a veteran play. When you're talking about being able to build around somebody, someone who's already doing that at his age, and again, you know, it's an advantage. He's not draft eligible until 2025, so you know you have him for at least three seasons. And that's a great tool for the franchise to build around from not only an on-the-ice standpoint, but from a marketing standpoint, too, isn't it? Well, you, you look at the first two picks, and, you know, Spokane got a really good player, Berkeley Cat, and then Bob had the next pick, and he got uh, 
you know, he'd watched this kid play plenty and he said he scored everywhere. This is the right guy, you know, and, and Bob has great sense for what's going on. And, you know, I've never had any doubt that he wouldn't be able to turn this thing around. It's just a matter of time. And, you know, I think, I think we're there, you know, and when you're able to get a pick like that, okay, he didn't make the playoffs where you're getting a number two pick. I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay with that, you know? And I think that gets lost sometimes, you know. Uh, does making the playoffs, I'll ask you guys a question, does making the playoffs mean you had a successful season? Well, I, I don't think, especially not, not out there. I mean, there's, you know, there's so few teams that miss that yeah. you can sneak in in seventh or eighth and not have a very good team and yep. get run out of the playoffs in no time. So, yeah. I mean, if you look, if you look at the West, there was one team that was able to advance another round, and that was Vancouver. And then the others, I mean, that they were able to get in there. Victoria and Spokane, you're drafting later because of it. But you know, all that has a cause and effect. But you know, didn't mind missing again, and we got another high draft pick. It's all going to help. It's all going to help. And the kid that we got, defenseman, I mean. Fantastic in training camp, so I, I have absolutely no fears about where where we are and where we're going. The team is in great hands with Stu and Bob. So, kind of, kind of where you're going with that too, Craig. I mean, there is it's it's definitely a, a build, even if it can be a little consistent so far this year. I mean, we're. What do you think the 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 ceiling is for for the this Ams club as we as we know it currently? You know what I Bob always says. Let's look at the first twenty games. So we're we're ten into it, and I think we'll have really a better better feeling of where we are by the time U.S. Thanksgiving hits, and we'll have Spokane here on the November twenty sixth. So that's right around the 20-game mark. You'll have a better idea of where you are, wh where you're going to go, and what potential you have, especially on this East trip. So it's one of those things that was another thing that was so important winning those two games last weekend. You get to 500. You recover from the two beatings you took at home. Fans get belief, and then uh, they'll keep track of what we're doing and hopefully see them when we get back home on November 11th. It'll be Veterans Day, and we'll have a Veterans Night game with uh, the Everett Silvertips, and you know we look forward to being home. Finally get a few few home games, and then... Uh, but it was important to win because seven of the next eight are on the road, and really nine of the next 11. So you needed to get those games. You just had to get it, and then you're getting around that 20-game mark. Jake's so it, it tells you, well, are you a buyer? You know, are you a buyer? Are you going to go out and get guys and give your team a run? So I guess we'll all see. Um, one of the issues, and this is going to be a good problem to have, but that U.S. division every year is extraordinarily competitive. And it doesn't seem like teams, you know, some of these teams don't seem to ever fade. Portland and Everett, for example, have been near the top of the division every year. And it doesn't seem like there's a down cycle for them. So, you know, everyone says junior hockey is cyclical, but some of these teams that seem to stay near the top, it, it makes it extraordinarily competitive to try to get back there. You're, you're not just waiting for them to fall down. 
Well, I, I think looking at the U.S. division this year, that it's hard to believe how good Seattle is. Like, they're that good. And then look at the deal that they made today, you know. So they pick up a veteran defenseman that's a 20 just in case. And if he comes back from Nashville and gets plugged in there, they just added a 6-3 defenseman. So, they, you know, the strong get a little bit stronger, but Bill LaForge isn't afraid to do that. And, you know, I think he's trying to put a team together to try it win its way through the West. You know, the Kamloops Blazers are in. But, you know, you're going to have to win your way in to get that second seat in the Memorial Cup. So they think they've got the team, and we'll see. I mean, where it, you know, I, I knew looking at that two years ago where they were going with this team, and I thought they did a tremendous job during the 24-game uh, mini-season in 21. And they just played their kids. You know, that was, it wasn't about trying to win anything, and it was about developing. And they did well, and you could just see, oh, my gosh, these guys have got so much talent. And it's really come to fruition, and they were close last year. Might get closer this year, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah, to, to Sean's point, I mean, it's kind of like the – almost like being the, the Winnipeg Jets when no matter – you know, you had Dale Howard, Chuck, and, and, and all these nice pieces, but you had to contend with the Flames and the Oilers at the time, and it's just – there was you – know, what are you supposed to do with that, right? Yeah, I've always I've always said our division is the American League East. Yeah, you know, being a baseball fan, and and we're the Tampa Bay Rays. We have to compete with all the big cities. You know, we're taking on the Yankees, we're taking on the Red Sox. You know, we're taking taking on all the big market teams, and and we have to do it. And we're the smallest market, and we've done a good job at it. Uh, you know, obviously step back. Uh, for for a couple of years, and now I think we're on our way back. And you know, I think we really see it corporately too, where people believe in this, and that's that's a good thing. And I, and I think part of it is too that they, you know, after COVID, it changed a lot of things. It changed a lot of people's habits, and I think we're just starting to get people where they want to go out. They've been caged up. Uh, you know, obviously, the price of gas has gone up, and I, you know, I, I don't look at it as a negative here. I don't like paying it, I can tell you that. But uh, people still want entertainment, and we're the we're the closest thing. They don't have to drive to Seattle. My son uh, took my grandson for uh, the Kraken opener. He's a big Vegas Golden Knight fan, and Nolan paid. $540 for two tickets. <laughs> and then he said to me a text, uh, we, we were in Spokane and won that night. That was the first of the three-game winning streak and won four to one. And so first 12 seconds, I get a text, oh, just scored. It's one nothing gold nights. And I just laughed. And then three minutes in, it's two nothing. And I looked down and see Keegan Colazar got the goal. And I sent back to my son. I said, hey, tell Kaysen, Happy 16th, obviously, but uh, let him know that this guy played four years for the Seattle Thunderbirds, and he's not a Kraken, <laughs> which makes it probably a little more special for Kolasar. So that's the beauty about our league, you know, watching the guys go on and then be, you know, hey, this guy played here, this guy played there. That's why I love watching the games, and, you know, 
was able to watch Tyler Johnson, and I've known Johnny since he was a little little guy. You know, play used to play hockey with his parents in Spokane, and uh, you know, watching him get a couple of goals the other night, knowing the tr- struggles he went through with neck surgery, and you know, just exciting to be able to watch these guys and see him win too. You know, it's just it's really a blessing. You know, we all could have had to work for a living and have a real job, but I kind of like mine. Well, I, I was just about to say, as you mentioned how much money it costs to go to those games, I just pulled up your season ticket pricing. 590 bucks for one adult season ticket. That That's basically a season you could have got for the price of the two tickets to the Kraken game, let alone having to pay for the You made my point. The hotel. Yeah. <laughs> you made my point. And he got a hotel room, and he had to pay $27 to park at the hotel. Yeah. With the hotel room, and he, but he did get a military rate, so he got, got a bit of a discount. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So that's it right there, right? You get a whole season of entertainment for one day at, at yeah. NHL. Yeah, and you know, and I grew up in an NHL town, Los Angeles, and I you know grew up a Kings fan. I've got Jim Hiller as an assistant there that I worked seven years with, and you know look forward to going down and seeing Jim. Hopefully, they take a playoff run, but. Uh, once I saw my first junior game in 1976, and it was in Portland, I said, uh, you know what, I prefer this. These guys never quit. And I hate to say it, in the NHL, there's games they pack it in. And you can tell it. And, uh, you know, and it's a lot of it's uh, a great example. Last week, the Kings had a road trip from hell. They were in uh, Detroit, played overtime. Then they went to St. Louis, played the next night. They won in St. Louis. Then they're asked to go back to the Eastern time zone, go to Pittsburgh and get pummeled six to two, which I told my friends, they were all worried about that in LA. And I said, Phil Jackson always called that. That's a scheduled loss. To even think that they made you go through, you know, different time zones, turn and go back, go Eastern to go to central, to go back to Eastern is ridiculous. You know, how the players union would agree to anything like that. It'd be, it's just absurd, you know? Here, just just send them the send them the two points. <laughs> That's a scheduled loss. But you know, I, I like I said, I, I love this level of play. And you see, they want to get in the income tax league. The guys want to play. They give you everything they have, and they're just kids. You know, they're just kids, and they want to get to the income tax league. And that's what I love about it. Well, and you know, you're born. You guys have the. Uh, I'm sure you don't have time for it while you're working, but the uh, the, the 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 bucket of popcorn that's the uh, the hockey helmet. And that's always a that's a nice touch. Yeah. You don't they don't they don't they don't do that over here. Yeah, we uh, we like that. The fans like it. They they really enjoy that. I don't know how it works. Put it on your head, and I don't know that I do that. But yeah, it was a nice touch. You fit a you fit a lot of damn popcorn in that thing. That's for sure. <laughs> so, you've been how how long you've been calling the games for the Ams, Craig? Since nineteen ninety eight. All all sunshine and roses the whole the whole time. Uh, I've been through what five owners in that amount of time, so I've had a little bit to go through. You know, it started with Ron Toygo, and then. Uh, there's been some ownership, but this has been stable since 2005. So it's 
it's been an experience and it's a, you know, I had people question when I left Spokane in 98, why I would do that. And, you know, the biggest reason was my kids were in Portland and it's five and a half hours one way from Spokane to Portland. So it's five and a half hours back, you know, and this was, you know, I remember one time I was putting gas in the car and going, why am I not here? And it was three hours. So eventually it all came about and that's, that's what we did. And, and being a California kid, like I was, you know, an old man now, but I always liked the desert. And when I went to Spokane in 90, I left Palm Springs and this was the closest area to Palm Springs, which is the favorite place I ever lived. So this is right there with it. The rolling Hills, the brush, the, uh, you know, the deer, uh, every once in a while, you might get uh, a cougar, you know. Uh, we do get those in town every, every now and then where there's deer, there's cougars. But, uh, you know, I, I like that atmosphere and I don't mind you going on the golf course. Oh, there's a rattlesnake over there, you know. So it's I, I like the desert. I very, very much like the desert. And I, I love Palm Springs. Well, how, how have the have their fans responded to, you know, the last couple of years now getting back to some semblance of normalcy? Um, are, are you seeing a, a, a return to kind of your typical, uh, your typical fan base, your typical community response? Uh, after all the mandates went away in the final six weeks, we saw light at the end of the tunnel. We saw the attendance go up 36%. So that's a really good question. And, you know, we're, we're past where we were for season tickets last year, not back to where we were in 2018, 19. That's going to take everybody time, you know, and, and I think people's habits have changed too. So, you know, they may, you may be doing more, you know, we're certainly do doing more vouchers and flex packs and things like that, where people are more selective and what they go to, how they go to it. So we have to, make changes no different than people have had to make changes in their lives with uh, inflation and, you know, obviously starting right at the gas pump. So, you know, we have to, we have to be competitive and, you know, obviously some of those things we've kicked into gear, but, you know, we sold two more season seats today and that goes back to last weekend. It's funny what winning can do. So that's why, you know, I go up, go back to Bob Torrey and his 20 games. Let's see where we are at game 20, especially after we get back up this road, this road excursion. Uh, you know, by the time we're done, the team will have done about 3,300 miles on the trip. So it's, it's a trip, you know, and then you come back and you, you know, you're all in the West and we'll go from there. And then of course we have the central division teams coming in for the first time in four years as well. So it's an experience for them. This uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask about this go uh, Euro goaltender that you guys have. I've heard many pronunciations of, of his name, so I'll just I'll let you take care of it. But he's kind of a I I I certainly get the the feel like he's kind of a folk hero out there in in, in the Tri Cities right now. He's got quite the uh, sense of humor, and he is quite funny. He came in the office and I, he sat in my office last year. And the way you say his name, Sukanak, Sukanak, 
That's how you say his name. So how, you know, they were sitting at the World Juniors, and he walked me through it. He says, that's how you say my name. That, I said, is that right? That's right. Sue Connect. Sue Connect. So that's how we say it. We'll see how it ends up at the next level, but uh, I know TSN. I thought it was funny. TSN, a friend of mine tweeted at him, and they said, oh, no, this is what the Cheshire said, how they say it. And, you know, then I turned on TSN radio that was on XM. I get that. And they were saying it a different way. So <laughs> we had two different pronunciations from TSN radio and from uh, TV. So I just kind of shook my head. Said, well, mine came from the kid. I guess I'll just use what the what the kid says. So, but he's got a really good sense of humor. Speaks English extremely well. He and Adam Maher are quite the pair. So we're we're quite blessed with two really good players. But you know, that's something we're going to go through. Those two are going to play for Cheshire, and uh, you know, we're going to have about a month where they'll be away. So that's something that we'll have to deal with. And you know, everybody goes through that. Everybody loses players to the World Juniors. But the one thing I know is when players go to that, they always come back even better. And just, you know. But last weekend, I'm, uh, in fact, the last three games, Sukunak can't be any better than he was. Like, he was phenomenal. Save percentage of about 92% in the three games. And outshot in each one of them. So, can't say enough about his play. And Mahur is a monster on the uh, power play. Like he's a six four, six five. So on skates, he's obviously taller. He's a hunk of man out there. He's a big guy, and uh, got a great shot. His one timer is uh, excellent. Uh, he visions the play very well, but a really good power play guy. So, yeah, can't say enough about those two guys. Mean an awful lot to our team. Yeah, no, I was at a game out there last spring, and and just the the folks that were sitting by us, they couldn't they couldn't say enough about the kid, how much they how much they love the, the Sioux Connect, and however they were saying it. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be quite a few pronunciations, but uh, uh, again, he's such a likable kid. We've got a little bell out in the front, so that. Uh, if a fan comes in and it's back around the door, they can hit the doorbell, ding dong. They hit the bell and he comes in yesterday, ding dong, ding dong, ding dong, ding dong. Hi, everybody. <laughs> so he's got a got quite the sense of humor. He's a fun kid. Well, I would say, given you know one of your owners and, and all time best players happens to be a, an import goaltender, there'd be a certain level of fondness for that position, as it were. In, in the franchise history? Well, yeah, Ole pretty much grew up in BC, although he was born in South Africa. And, uh, you know, pretty much a BC kid, I think, through and through. But uh, he's a naturalized American now, through and through. And, uh, in fact, when he got his got his citizenship in Yakima many years ago. He did it with uh, my former color guy here. They were in the, they were in the same class, shall we say he and Grant Lennon at the same time. So they 
did their citizenship together. But uh, yeah, he carries carries U.S. passports. Do does too, and, you know. But they're still, you know, that was the one thing. Oli, it was a South African, but he didn't count as an import. You know, that was that wasn't an import. He he played for Germany too, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yeah, and that was because of South Africa. So they oh, okay. had the ties, and so yeah, he did. He did and played in a couple of the couple of the tournaments, and was able to do that. And was able to do that uh, as well. Played over there when the lockout was on, kept him going. Now I know he he works with Washington. Does he ever come in and and? Do some work with the goaltenders there too. Well, he spends, you know, he spends his time around the team. I think with his development work with the Caps, uh, he's told me it's about half the month, you know. And then he'll he'll go in and stay uh, in a hotel in D.C. and you know, occasionally go visit Hershey, wherever you know, go visit the players. So, but that's. Uh, yeah, he likes to spend some time around the kids, and if they have questions, and not necessarily on the ice, but if you know, lets the coaches do their thing, and if they need some advice or whatever, he's there. Well, on a classic um, trading card, uh, ho- hockey card with uh, with the the, uh, the the mustard on the on the hot dog. Everybody, if if you're not familiar with it, uh, uh, look it up. It's 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 pretty it's pretty silly. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to look at it. Oh, you, you haven't seen that one, Craig? It's no, I haven't seen it. It's you know, like you know, I know there's you know, hockey cards don't have the same gravitas as baseball cards, but uh, when when uh, only the goalie was was with the Capitals, they had there's one with uh with, with a with a hot dog. It's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty good. Never saw that. Never saw. It. When I was a kid, I used to collect baseball cards, but. And some of those cards, when my parents moved from L.A. up to Scappoose, Oregon in 79, followed me up there. Mom threw my baseball cards out. And some of them, some of the cards she threw out could have put my kids through college. <laughs> I know when they got up there, well, I saved you a few of the things. I said, what did you throw out? Oh, my gosh. She threw out uh, the Jerry West memorial program that they did for his retirement night that i was at i mean i can run you a list of things historic nights that i had had memorabilia for i said i wish you i would have flown down just to go through the stuff i I could have driven down taking this stuff why didn't you tell me why didn't you let me know what you were gonna do you know to be junk just sitting around today but uh but the cards when I started seeing some of the price and some of the things that she threw out, it was like, "Oh my goodness, you did not throw that out." <laughs> I I know a guy who who uh, has a vivid memory of putting a Wayne Gretzky rookie card in his bicycle wheel. <laughs> well, you know what? It, 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 here's a story for you, and it goes back. So the first year of the WHA was seventy two, seventy three. We had the LA Sharks. They played in the sports arena at the end of the season. For whatever reason, uh, they threw them all out. And uh, I looked at my friends. I said, you know, this league's going to go away. I had three friends with me. I said, let's take them. These might be worth something someday. So we got about 500 of them, 
and took them out of the garbage and took them home. They were all spotless. So I want to say it was about 20 years ago, one of my best friends, David Sakata. Uh, David wrote me a note and sent me, because he knew my mom had thrown mine out, sent me the WHA guide that I still have from 72, 73. He says, Craig, I just wanted to thank you. I was able to buy my son a car. I sold these online to a collector company and bought my son's car for college. Matthew says, thanks. <laughs> wow. So he, he said, you had the foresight and vision looking at that, and you knew. And he said, look, and you work in it, in it today. He said, you knew what it was going to be worth. And he, he was able to buy his son a car. And he had a hundred of them. So he, he sold the box. He had the entire box. And he was able to find somebody that was interested in, you know, a first year WHA guy. It wasn't much to it. But uh, it uh, obviously was worth something to somebody. Not bad. You, you know, Craig, I'm a little worried that, you know, telling some of these stories and some of these, you know, dates where I don't, I don't want anybody to get the impression that, you know, I, I don't want you to sound old. Um, well, I, I'm, I'm, I didn't mean to be Bob Ridley, but I guess I am now after 33 years. So I am old. Well, where I was going to go is, uh, you know, is you're, you're you're still playing. I mean, how how's how's that treating you when you you get a chance to get on the ice? Well, I was busy last night. I had fifty three shots, and we gave up an empty net goal, and we lost six to four. So the two, are, we're five hundred now, and the team we lost to is five and one. We're three and three. I did everything I could, so I did what I could in net. You know, I'm still glad they picked me. That's all I've got to say. And I'd played on Sunday night, too. That was a 9-1 game. I should have had a shutout, but I didn't close the deal. They, 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 I, play in, I play in a league in Spokane, too. They, you, count, you, you count sh the shots? You guys are that kind of a league? We have a scoreboard, yeah. They count, they count the shots on the scoreboard, yeah. They took the old scoreboard out of the Toyota Center and put it in the arena. And as a shot counter. That's what it had last night, fifty-three. <laughs> so, yeah, I well, I'm glad the night before I only had nineteen. It wasn't as tough. <laughs> so, so the so do your goalies ask? Do your goalies ask you for pointers, then, Craig? Or do you ever have to suit up in practice? Uh, you know, when I was in Spokane, I was the practice goalie, and Mark Dawkins, when I left, took my place, former American goalie. And now Mark's reffing my games in uh, Spokane, if you can believe that. So, yeah, I mean, I was asked my first year, Brian Maxwell, and they kept asking me. And uh, so I've been out with Trevor Kidd. I've been out on the ice with uh, Carey Price. Uh, it's kind of a who's who, you know. I did a lot with the Chiefs. Uh, you know, Mike Babcock had me come back out. He'd have... Uh, Mike Polino would always call up. He says, we need Dominic Hoshik out today. We need Dominic. <laughs> so I, I always considered it. The players, the players enjoyed that. 
but they respected it and they respected the fact that I knew the game and I knew how to play and they treated me extremely well knowing that I do what I do. It was fun. A couple of our kids came out last year and one was uh, Deegan McMillan who's off to a great start for us and I got a shutout and uh, you know they come back, they tell everybody in the locker room, hey, watch Westy got a shutout last night for nothing. He played great. <laughs> so it's uh we all had a good chuckle that he and he and Dwayne Jean Jr. came out and watched and they were there to see their billets uh billet's son and in turn they hey, Westy's played a goal. So they got to see it like, hey, this guy knows what he's doing. So kind of changes with people what people think. But I, I've enjoyed it. I always call it my golf game. So Anybody dumb enough to turn around and play in a league, still playing one in Spokane, I must like to play. So, but I love the game, and, you know, it keeps me young, and I keep going. Cardio's good. And legs are good, strong, and, you know, been blessed, and hopefully it'll just keep going on. You know, you, you, you mentioned Spokane and your connection in, you know, working for the Chiefs, I don't. I don't think I've ever asked you about this, but did you? Uh, w- did you work the the '98 Memorial Cup then? Yeah, that was in fact the last game I did for him was that, and then did the baseball season and came down here. So that was the. Yeah, I called Portland winning the Memorial Cup. Bobby Russell, I've still got the tape of it back in the days when you had cassette tapes. I can still remember uh, Ennis Mackey wheeling out uh, Marion Hose, who blown out his ACL with a hit at center ice in the game to come out and celebrate. Maybe, maybe the last time the the cups hosted in the in the states. Who knows? Yeah, I, it probably is. You know, at least that's what has been the feeling. It's sad, but. Uh, you know, there's some places I think that could uh, easily bid for it and be a great host, and Everett would be one for sure. Oh, it's expensive, no but, you know, it's expensive. I, I don't see how a market, let's say, like us, could do something like that. It would be one of those you'd have to do it in, in conjunction with, let's say, a Spokane, and you could never do it that way, you know, my, much like the World Junior type of thing. Um, they've been talking about this a lot lately, but I, I have to say, you know, seeing what the teams that have hosted have had to go through, the amount that they've had to shell out from a financial standpoint, yes, and then how much of their future they traded away uh, and how many years they had to spend trying to recoup the investment they made on the ice. I mean, I, I don't know if I'd want to host. Well, yeah, you know, one of the reasons I'm excited to go out is Marty Murray is now the general manager of the Brandon Wheat Kings. And you probably go, well, why, why do you want to do that? Well, for one, he was the key player that Kelly McCrimmon wanted for his 10 win Brandon Wheat Kings in 1991 that he got from the Spokane Chiefs. And so I remember doing this press release and putting it out. And I go, Tim, how good is this guy? He's really good. And then we gave uh, Bobby House up who ended up getting drafted by Chicago and played the minors, never made it to the Blackhawks. But the joke always was, well, to win the Memorial Cup and get Trevor Kidd, we had to give up 250 goal scorers. <laughs> so I, I want to meet Marty Murray and go, hey, I was the other, I'd find the guy at the other end of the press release, you know, that uh, would, when you were there, just 
be good to meet him. Might take a picture with him. So I, I, I just I'm looking forward to going to Brandon just for that. Well, Craig, we've we've had you for a while. I mean, we could. I'm sure we could go all night knowing the the, the three of us. You got any other um, stories you want to tell? Anything you want to touch on as we we start to wrap this up? No, I think uh, Les Lazarus and I, since we're the two old guys now. I said, when I get to Saskatoon, we got to get a picture together. It may be a collector's item. <laughs> the two fossils. I should have gotten one with Bob Ridley, and I never did it. But uh, uh, I'm going to do it with less, and I'll probably throw it out on social media. But, yeah, I mean, what a career that Bob had, you know. But people ask me, do you want to go that long? No, I don't. I don't. He, he could have every record there is. I just enjoyed being allowed to have fun. The fan bases that I've been with have been unbelievable. The fans are tremendous. Uh, I appreciate the parents, the families, and you know, hopefully, I do justice to their kids. And that's that's the main thing I I look for. Be right to the league. Be right to the pl- players, and uh, be right to their families. That's the number one thing I'll take with it. Well, there's no doubt you do that, and your passion's evident. Well, Well, it's been good talking with you. I appreciate the the time, and thanks for thinking of us. Yeah. If if you end up going to the game on Friday, I might spot you. I probably will be sitting if I can uh, have a good enough travel day and it works out well. That'll be good. In fact, uh, (laughs) I'll get to Cranbrook, I don't know, about 3 a.m. I've got a game in Spokane at 8.45, and I'm leaving our gear. The guy that runs our team, this is going to tell you something, but I'll, I'll kind of leave you with this. But uh, He was a stick boy. He was in high school of the Chiefs, and he's about 50 now. <laughs> <laughs> and his son got engaged yesterday. He's on our team, and he's 25. And there's a there's another kid on your team, Jagger Moore. I played with his father back in the nineties in Spokane and we won the last two years that was there, we won the league title twice. So now I'm playing with their kids. <laughs> I love it. Uh, All right. well, I just like I said, I, you know, I hope they threw the mold away to me, but I, I'm just honored and God blessed that uh can still do what I love to do. I've been doing for over 50 years. I love it. All right. Well, safe travels on this uh, on this, this trip you're about to go out on, Craig. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you, bud. Look forward to seeing you, too. All right. All right. Thanks. Thank you.